Welcome to All The Therapies. We're two clinicians who try out different therapeutic practices so you can find the right type of healing for you. I'm Abby Crom. I'm Mona E. Shaker. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for joining us. Let's jump in now. Hello. <laughs> Hi. This will never not be awkward every time. Yeah, it's it's always going to be, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, friend. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So really excited to know more. So today's episode, we will be talking about your experience trying ADHD-specific couples work. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, I got to ask you, what are you curious about this week? So as I was thinking about this, so I have an app called Off The Menu. It's so designed for me. Okay, because everyone, you should know by this podcast, I'm curious about so much. So what you do is you pay $20 a month and then you can go to a particular restaurant around LA and get a free item. And it's Mm. like, so if I open the app today, it'll say like, I can get a free taco in WeHo or a free acai bowl in Santa Monica. Right. And for me, a free stuff discounts, like nailed it. Right. Second thing, like randomness, like going places I haven't been. Mm. But the thing I'm curious about, I think like every time I tell people about using this, including you, like, you know, I drove to Burbank, which is if you're not from LA, that's probably 30 minutes from my house for a free cookie. Okay. (laughs) And I will do that. Like, and I want to see this random coffee shop. I will get something out of that. And then I'll have the second layer that I'm curious about that I wonder if, does this just happen to me or does this Is this everybody or do you have to be tuned into it? But I have so many synchronistic moments. So I believe in synchronicity. Look it up, Jungian synchronicity. It's just meaningful coincidences, you know? And so I have a lot of these. And so like when I went to go get that free cookie in Burbank, I ran into a friend that just happened to be in there that I hadn't seen in five years that I used to work with. And we like caught up for an hour is this only happening to me? Like, does the off the menu app only work for me in this way? And then, yeah, I went to Santa Monica and I ended up, it was right next to a store where I had this really cool experience. I mean, I just am really curious if this is just a me thing. I feel like not anybody else would go to the links I go to for like a free acai bowl. Exactly. Right. I would get, (laughs) I would pay once for $20 because it does sound like a great deal for free stuff. (laughs) What was happening is I would go to get that free cookie once. (laughs) feel guilty, buy three other items, <laughs> trash them all because I didn't actually want them, and then never show my face on the app. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, you know, and I do, <laughs> no, I, I do tip. That's nice. like how I deal with the guilt. Because I, I mean, I don't, I, I figure the cookie probably cost them three cents, but you know, I, you know, I do want to give something to the worker. But yes, I think other people do the upsell and I don't get upsold. You know what I mean? Like, right. they do say, oh, you can add like a churro or something for $2 and people probably, oh, that's not too bad. But no, if it's a free cookie, I'm just getting the free cookie. I'll leave you a tip and I'm on my way out. Yeah. I'm on my way. Right. Which is why <laughs> you could go to those like timeshare conferences, get a free dinner, get a free <laughs> night, stay at a hotel and leave without touching your credit card. It's amazing. Yeah. So, well, what are you curious about this week? What am I curious about this week? Well, I think I've talked about this before, but I have, 
uh, I listened to Oprah's podcast, which <laughs> is literally just her like <laughs> editing out every episode she's ever done. So I think I listened to an episode from 1998. Like I'm just imagining the editors are so like tired, overworked, cranky because they will edit it. Like, cause they, I think they need to edit out the audience, like <laughs> clapping and, and reaction. So it does feel very much like piecemeal, but like uh, it does sound like they're like, oh, uh, oh, okay. Like it feels confusing at times, but I'm not curious about that. Cause I, I feel like I understand what, what's going <laughs> happening there, but she was interviewing this guy. I think, you know, him. he wrote a book called getting the love you want. Harville Hendricks. Mr. Harville Hendricks, yeah. So he was talking about, and so he's a PhD, I'm going to guess in psychology, because he does couples therapy, speaking of couples work. And his theory, and I think his modality is imago therapy, he basically says that couples find each other, right? Like you get attracted to people because their wound is complementary to your childhood wound. So for example, Mm -hmm. if I'm somebody who, whatever trauma I experienced or experienced as a child, that like I'm closed off, I'm private. Maybe I don't like to say I love you a lot. Maybe I don't like to give like physical affection. I will attract somebody who has the compliment of that, which is somebody who needs that from me. So somebody who, you know, needs the constant reassurance, kind of needs that like physical affection, needs to hear that I love you, which is interesting. And he says, well, that's the whole purpose, you know, and that's sort of, you know, when you talk about synchronicity, like he's like, that's the whole purpose is we're attracting people to heal our inner child. That to me was like game changer. It was such an interesting concept because I think a lot of times, especially when we're working, and I think I could even transfer that information to like friendships or just Mm -hmm. other people in your lives of like, if there's something missing and if you can't meet each other, that's an opportunity for healing. For whatever reason, just like changing that perspective for me was really, really helpful. Totally. Because I'll have clients who worry, are we like too different, right? You know, and it's like, well, so maybe there's a purpose to this. Mm. Like, why do you think you chose this person, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, I remember reading that book in graduate school. It's a great book. So if I would recommend picking it up, if you, you know, are listening to this and more curious about it. Totally. Yeah. And I don't work with couples, Mm -hmm. so I'm not really into that realm at all, but I'm curious about that stuff. Like couples work is starting to be of interest and specifically Imago. So maybe we'll have an Imago therapist on the pod. That would be so cool start looking into that. Yes. Love to hear it. So you tried ADHD couples work. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't one-on-one couples therapy. It was more of like a seminar. So can you set the scene? Well, first of all, what led you towards that, that type of modality or that work? Yeah. So this is another one where I didn't specifically do this for the podcast. This is something I actually did (laughs) for my life. And it's really interesting, but this did happen during the pandemic. So And I just, I now think it's something that like people, whether you think you have ADHD or not, honestly, it's good to just double check because, so my husband has diagnosed ADHD, but he's been on medication since we've been together. We've been together over a decade and I never really thought about it. I never really, and even as a therapist, like I know the basics of ADD, but I didn't really learn about my husband's. ADHD because he's on medication and like, it's not something I honestly was like, well, he probably has a mild case or whatever, you know? And I I didn't think about it so much because I didn't see these glaring examples. And that's another thing I'll probably be talking about, which is that I think when we think of ADHD and it's so sad, but you probably think of that kid in your class that you knew had ADHD. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was thinking of. And that's not my husband. So what happened is during the pandemic, 
there were things that were just like became issues that like hadn't been issues for us. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, as a therapist and I'm Googling and I'm putting things in. And this one article came up and was like, why ADHD might be making your marriage difficult or something like that. So I read through it and it just like, was like, whoa, like, oh, maybe this is what ADHD, right? My husband has that, right? You know? So I looked up the author of that article and she was doing a teleseminar, literally on the telephone, dial in. Old school. Okay. Old school. But I was like, so it was eight weeks. If you were a therapist, she gave a discount because it's also like educational. And so I was like, I'm going to learn more about ADHD. Like, this will be great for me to just use with future clients. I'm going to use it in my own marriage. And so I just signed up for it. It wasn't even very expensive. And it was eight weeks of, like, dialing in. You sit in and, like... Like a conference call? Like a conference call. Like, please put in the (laughs) passcode. Like that. But I could hear there were other people on it. So that was good. But, you know, I couldn't see them. I never met them. You really only heard... Melissa, who we're going to be interviewing, Melissa's voice. And then she would send PowerPoints and you would go through the PowerPoint. So she was like kind of educating and she sent tons of resources. I have a whole Dropbox. I was reviewing it before we talked about it. And I mean, she just sent so much stuff. And so me and my husband would kind of do the homework and go through it together. So it really was like a couple's therapy, but it was almost like self-led and, you know, educational as well. So And what I learned, I see now so much in individuals and couples I'm working with. I think things that people don't realize might be ADHD related. Right. That's so interesting because you're saying when we think think of ADHD, you think about that kid in your class who's bouncing off the walls and Mm -hmm. can't follow direction, but there's other symptoms, right? That's just like one probably narrow type. So yeah, interesting, right? Like if and I'm, I'm sure there, there's like online assessments, but mm-hmm. you feel like you might be on that spectrum somewhere. That could be interesting, right? Because that's that's knowledge and that's self-understanding. And uh, I think that could be helpful. I have to also say that I kind of appreciate that it's not on Zoom. Like I know I laughed and said it was all old school, yeah. but like I get distracted. So if I see other Me couples, too. I'm going to wonder who are they? How long have they been together? <laughs> what's their deal? I won't be interested in the material. I'll be interested in the people. Totally. And well, one of the things I discovered is that I probably meet like a mild ADHD criteria. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the way I describe it now, and this seminar helped me put it in perspective, is like ADHD is an addiction to ideas, you know? And like, so having that like multiple interest is totally me and like not being able to finish things because I stop halfway through because, oh, I got to Google this thing. You know, I've got to go pick up a free cookie in Burbank, you know? And so (laughs) I, you know, I realized like actually that was part of it too. So Mm. it was helpful for me to understand, oh, I have some of these symptoms too. And me and my husband's symptoms are actually different. So ADHD is not just one thing. It's can look different depending on who it's affecting. Mm, got it. Yeah. So as far as like when you were taking the course, is that something that you learned? Like, it sounds like you were learning about your partner, how it shows up in your relationship, but it also sounds like you learned about yourself too. Yeah. Cause there was a self-assessment oh, and okay. then she was describing things and I was like, that sounds more like me than my husband, <laughs> you know, like, mm. and then I realized like, okay, so I'd say that if there were like two issues we were going in for, it was like, chores, like division of labor. Mm -hmm. And then my husband is 
it's too complicated to explain, but let's just say he's a freelancer, okay? So he worked very similarly to a freelancer. And so he was in a period of not working. And it was fine, like, he had worked earlier in the year, and, like, so it wasn't, like, a financial thing, but then there were responsibilities that I was like, okay, I'm working all day, you're not, like, mm-hmm. how is this not getting done? And I was just getting frustrated. I was like, oh, do you just think, you know... I'm supposed to do everything. Do you think, you know, I, you get, and that's actually what she talked about a lot is misinterpretation of ADHD symptoms as something else. So you make assumptions like, oh, I guess you just think I'm like the cleaner of the house, or I guess, you know, it doesn't matter to you that I'm working all day. And it's actually like when you understand ADHD, it's really like, oh, this is just a symptom. Huh. Wow. That just feels so powerful. Again, like to remove you as like a victim of it or like it happened to you personally, but it's actually manifestation of symptoms feels very powerful. And I think that's where like the, probably the empathy piece probably really helps. So she would say either the non-ADHD or the less ADHD, because she said it is really common for ADHD partners, you know, to partner up. One of the elements of trust she talks about is generous interpretation and So I, and I talk about this with clients all the time, and that's what I think a lot of what she was teaching was generous interpretation. So if your partner said they were going to do the dishes and they don't, it's like first go to, there must be something in our system that's not working Mm. for your symptoms. Then you are just like, oh, you didn't want to do it or you're lazy or, you know, whatever. That's again, that's so powerful. I think that could just be used outside of the ADHD realm, right? Because I think, especially like, right. And I do this too. And I see clients do it as well as if if something goes wrong, you blame yourself. Like, why did Mm -hmm. I fuck up? Like, why can't I do this? What's wrong with me? And it's like, well, let's zoom out. Like what other systems that you, you exist in? Like, why is it hard for you to do these things? Like from, it could be from trauma to like a really difficult work environment to like an unstable living situation. Like, okay, now it makes sense that these things are difficult because there's all these other factors involved, right? It's not just on that individual's level. Yeah, exactly. And so once you really understand the ADHD brain, it's like, so just with the division of labor stuff, it was like siloing, you know, which is just like, we get into this tip for tat thing as couples, I think all couples do. And it's like, so, okay, I did it yesterday. So you do it. But for an ADHD brain, that's not going to work because you're going to forget what day and who did it when. So it's just like, we just decided like, for instance, garbage bins, you know, they have to go out on Sunday night to be picked up on Monday. That's just my husband's job. That's it. We're not going to try and tip for tat. We're not, but I'm going to have a different responsibility. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, actually, let's just make this one person does it. And we each have our own responsibilities, but then we're we're responsible for it. And that comes to the other piece, which is getting out of the parent-child dynamic, which was like a huge piece of it and a big thing. Because especially if you're someone feeling like you have to get involved in the process, you know, like of like, hey, like, did you do that? Are you going to do that? Like, oh, it looks like you're about to forget, which is really like kind of infantilizes the other person and like, isn't a good dynamic. And I don't, it doesn't feel good as the person who gets into the parent role. And it definitely doesn't feel good to the other person. So it's not really working for anybody. And so her just talking about, I think she said, you know, something like she gave this example, like if you were, and we're not in this position, but like, if you were dividing up carpool and it was like your partner's job to do carpool this week and they come to you and they're like, and you're seeing it's like 
about time that they need to leave. And if they don't do it, like, it's just their job to figure that out. You know what I mean? Like, and, and then if sometimes what they'll come is the ADHD person does get reliant on the other person who might Mm. be more, and they might come and say, Oh wait, am I supposed to go get, and Mm. I was like, I'm not involved in that. You're on carpool this week. So then they need to go, do they need to text somebody? Do they need to show up early? You know, so really actually giving it back to them. And also if they forget, they forget, you know, she has a caveat for safety. If there's ever anything that would involve the safety of another person, of course, the, maybe if you see somebody forgetting something that's a safety issue, you jump in. But if it's like the launch, she said, so the laundry is going to get wrinkled because they didn't take it out of the dryer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just going to have to like live with it sometimes, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. And right. As a way to get out of that parent-child dynamic, right? And like letting go, right? If that's what ends up happening and that's what it is. So I love hearing this, like the actual like tools and stuff that you've learned. So is it the seminar, was it like starting with an educational piece and then every night you would do homework together? Yeah, it was kind of like this. So it was eight weeks. There would be a seminar and we would just go on walks and this, I think this is because we both have semi-ADHD, you know, that like just sitting there listening on the phone is I couldn't and neither could my husband. So we would go on walks and just kind of listen. And we had the slides up on the phone. And so that was really nice too. And it was like nice, you know, just to like listen and participate. And then, yeah, we would do the homework or if it was something where she had talked about, okay, yeah, like let's silo your chores. It's like, I think we need to do that. Like, let's just Mm. like pick our chores right now and silo them, you know? Mm, nice. So the chores thing seemed like a big one for you too. What, yes. what other things kind of stood out? Yeah. So I think the parent-child interpreting the symptoms, I mean, and I think like a big part of it, honestly, was it's like understanding the ADHD brain. What I'm thinking is actually what I think it did is also open my own journey to exploring my own symptoms. Yeah. And I know we're going to have another episode because then I got into, I realized why it's also hard for me to organize. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know we're going to do that in a different episode, you know, and it really helped me organize in my thinking about like, okay, so what can we, what's within my control? What's outside of my control? Mm -hmm. That's what I really needed help with. Like, cause part of me knew just as a therapist, like it's not good for me to get overly involved or overly controlling. And I know from my own parents' relationship, I don't want to get into that, but it was like, so where do I let go? You know, and to have real parameters around that, like, look, if it's a safety thing, get involved pretty much otherwise don't, but like, make sure enough of your needs are being met. Like, for instance, like I was saying at this point I was working and my husband was off work. And so I was like getting resentful. And so just having a conversation about that, like, okay, I'm not going to be involved in like you finding your next project or whatever, but here's what I need bare minimum. Like, Mm. you know, and then you're in charge of that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to get involved in you doing it. You do it on your timeline and when. So I think having boundaries and saying, but this is what I need, you Mm. know? So it's not just letting somebody go, but saying like, your job is to, you can figure out how to get there. But like, I do have a basic needs that I think to not have resentments in this relationship, you know? Exactly. Like really like identifying the limitations and the, and that way, you know, kind of as much as that absolves you from doing everything, right? From worrying about everything. So now, you know, these are my needs. This is what my boundaries are. And then everything else is okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we would give ourselves like, I'd be like, 
if this isn't different in like a month, like let's recheck in and see what's going on. But then not being like, oh, you didn't do it. It's like, what's not working. And then again, for him to also, you know, there's plenty, which is easier to focus on, you know, what our partner is doing. But, you know, for me, you know, it was like, I would get frustrated things he didn't do because they were the things that are important to me. But then there are things I don't do that I didn't Mm. care about because they, (laughs) they were important to him. And that's part of what she taught too, is like, who should actually have a little more say in things. And she's like, because there are going to be things that you care about that the other person absolutely does not and vice versa. And so like kind of if it's your thing that you care about, then you kind of set the tone on it, you know? Oh, interesting. Can you give an example of what that could be? Yeah. So, okay. Let's say you want to make sure the coffee table is always clear, yeah. you know, nothing on the coffee table. Somebody else might be like, I don't care. I watch TV with a dirty coffee table, you know, mm-hmm. then also you should be the one more responsible for that. Got it. Like, why mm-hmm. are you trying to make your partner more interested in having a clean coffee table? And that's a lot of it letting go. You know, a lot of people get into this. Well, who wants to sit around a, a dirty coffee table? It's like, well, really some people are fine with it. Mm. Instead of generalizing saying because it makes you uncomfortable that it's a problem for everybody or it really means you're neat or not, it's actually just neutral Mm. and it's your own preference. And so, and so if it's something that you both really, let's say dishes, like neither of you want to have dishes, then it's like maybe taking turns or something, but like maybe both of you don't want to do dishes, you know? So then it's more of a taking turns thing. Right. Yeah. Kind of dependent on the the task, the interest level. Right. And it just sounds like... Well, one, what, like my takeaway from what I'm hearing is depersonalizing it, right? Like sort of seeing everything as a neutral kind of objective thing. And then the second piece is, it's just like negotiating, right? Like it just sounds like negotiating and then clear boundaries and barriers and then letting go with everything that falls beyond that. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What would you say would be the after effects? Like how did that impact your relationship? I think it was really actually like just talking about it now I'm realizing because a, we're still doing that or I'll say like, that's in your silo, <laughs> you know, or okay. whatever. And so it's like, we're still using that kind of the stuff that we learned and it helped me understand things that he was doing. So like things that I would see is like, maybe he said he was going to do a chore, but then I see him on like his phone for two hours and I'm just like, really? But it's like, okay, I need to give a, just knowing and knowing actually how I work. And again, then when I looked at myself, I'm like, I could easily, like, if I have to do my notes, I spend two hours researching other things I'm interested in. So it's like that thing where like, when you observe it in somewhere else, you're like, that's so annoying. And then when you're doing it yourself, you're like, no, it makes total sense. And so I think like just realizing, okay, this is not just avoidance. It's like his interest is going to go where it mostly is. And so just make a clear and like also widen up the, you know, can you just by the end of the day, you do it whenever you want, but like just by the end of the day, can like this thing be done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Nice. And I love that it was eight weeks, but it has lasting effects and that you still utilize the techniques and language today. Yeah. And I think it really helped. Uh, like that was a huge frustration. And like, now I feel like it hasn't been, you know what I mean? Like Totally. And I think that's just helpful for me to hear too, of like, right. Again, like generally when we see even just a stranger on the street, if they are acting or behaving in a certain way that we will code as being rude or, oh, insensitive or something, it's so easy to like personalize that. 
but that person, right. Who knows what's going on in their brains? What symptoms are they like managing at that moment? Like yes. we actually really don't know that the intent of that person. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just, it's to me, I'm like, it's just cool to hear of like kind of that generous, what was it, Brene Brown? The generous, a generous interpretation. Yeah. Generous interpretation. I really like that. Yes. Well, I'm really excited to talk to Melissa. And I also felt like she just had so much knowledge and she shared about her own experience of ADHD in her marriage, which I really appreciated. So all the things I like, you know, she was like honest about her experience and she knew a lot. Like I have eight slide decks about ADHD now. So awesome. Cool. Looking forward to it. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for joining us. Check out our show notes to learn more about this episode and to find all the ways to follow us. And remember, if you're curious, try it.